Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here, and welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the little notify bell next to it to make sure you always get your new Going In Raw notifications. We're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. We have a variety of reward tiers over there. Today is TLC Day. Woo! We're going to be doing our live reactions Right here, youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. So hope, hopefully we'll see you there. This is, of course, Matt Chat, where yeah. we reach out to our patrons at the $20 a month and up mark and uh, solicit them for video questions or text questions or any kind of questions, and we will answer those questions right uh -huh. here on the show. Right. We got a couple questions mm -hmm. today, Larson. Let's dig right in. Yeah, Guillaume Halili. Yeah, Guillaume Jacksonville. Number one. Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one match hat, Guion Halili, back with another match hat question. This week, what I want to know. Um, Seth's recent heel turn on Monday Night Raw was, in my opinion, uh, the WWE being on the ball, like knowing, okay, it's not working, let's turn Seth heel. What other things do they need to do now to continue staying on the right path or on the ball? Um, I have no examples. List them all. Too sweet, too good. Later, guys. Thank you, Guillaume. Thank you, Guillaume. All right. Should I give all my answers in song form, or that be just too? Yeah, I think we've done enough songs this week. Too much. One is good enough. Uh, so, uh, Seth Rollins' heel turn. I'm not gonna say it was necessarily unpredictable. No, it uh, wasn't. It was. It, I mean, we saw it coming a mile away. Well, yeah, but at the same time, uh, WWE Vince McMahon can be very stubborn. Here, far so, too often. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. This. I'll say this out of me, and then you can go on. Far too often, they'll do something, and they'll think to themselves, well, this is too predictable. we got to shake it up and then do something just to, to, to subvert what the fans think is going to happen. Then it doesn't make any sense. There is this idea that has been bolstered by anecdotally by many wrestlers who have left WWE that – once somebody is in a role, they are not. It's not likely they're going to get out of the role. Yes. Regardless of how well it goes over with fans or how poorly it goes over with fans. Uh, I mean, we've seen. I think Damian Sandow mentioned that. That's why, like, they never really like that dude. He had all the tools. He was so over. Uh, especially he started doing this stuff with the Miz, and he was getting like huge reactions. I know. And they never really built on it. More recently, Rusev Day. 
Rusev Day is a good example as well. And so it is kind of surprising in the general sense, in the big picture sense, that Seth Rollins, who uh, for a spell there was sort of the guy that it seemed like they were looking at to be, you know, the Roman Reigns type the guy, the guy that they, they could run with him. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, it, it didn't go great. And they pulled the trigger on a heel turn. So that is, given that WWE can be very set in their ways often, it was kind of surprising it actually went that way. Um, so I guess the question is, what else could WWE do to uh, show us that they are listening to the fan base, or at least they're keeping, because here's the difference. The difference is back in the Attitude Era, seemingly, if somebody was hot, they would roll with it. Yep. And that's why it was a lot of that stuff was very successful, because yeah. they saw, okay, this guy's getting good reaction. Let's roll with and that. It wasn't just like this guy's getting good reactions. Let's roll with it. It wasn't. They caught it before it had peaked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More often than not. Yeah. As opposed to now, where it seems like, oh, we have to make. I mean, the the Kofi example, not with saying they met, they saw that, and they saw the potential of that, and ran with it. Thankfully, um, but a lot of times we see situations where someone's uh, developing a following organically, and you know, either they'll 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 fight you know, tooth and nail to keep that person in their position or they'll make some reactionary move mm -hmm. in, in, in hopes that like the Rusev day thing. I, I wonder if they thought breaking them up was actually going to catapult Rusev to, to, to better things. Yeah. I, that felt like change for the sake of change. Exactly. It really did like this reactionary things. Maybe to just do something with them. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot, far off and far too often. There seems to be so little motivation for some of these story beats. They end up I, I guess hitting. so before we get into specifics, I would say this, like you, so a couple of answers I have, I like some of yours, some of the answers I have. Um, I think time and time again, we've seen Oscar especially get a loud, a really, really solid crowd reaction. And yet everything for horsewomen seems to dominate, uh, the women's division. Um, right now, Asuka and Kyrie Sane are in a pretty good spot, and they are being booked pretty well. Mm -hmm. I have a bad feeling that later on today, uh, the Kabuki Warriors are going to lose those tag titles to Becky and Charlotte. I hope I hope your your head shake there is 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 correct. Plays out. We'll get into that more later too in the next couple questions as well. Uh, so, uh, but I think I think they're really terrific, and I think really rolling with them as this dominant force would be great. I think overall, though. My thing is this, if, you're, if, if, if we saw some evidence or a backstage report or whatever that there is a new directive from Vince McMahon, nothing changes unless you have six months planned out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, Triple H's desire for NXT call-ups when call-ups were a thing yeah. was he doesn't want call-ups to happen unless there's a six-month plan. And yeah, that was like said. never yeah, the case. Never adhered to, no. But I would love for one time, one of these weird directors from Vincent Mann. At this point, the, the latest weird one was no announcing matches like until the week before a pay-per-view. Uh, so there's like no real like solid thing to build to until the very last week. Uh, I would love for there to be a weird, you know, oh, oh, Vince doesn't want any big story changes unless or character changes unless there is a six month plan. That would be terrific. That would be terrific. However, the problem would be that three months into it, he would change his mind. Three months, three days, maybe. Being generous, but you know uh, that that would be that would be great if that was something that was implemented and executed properly. That's what I would like to see. Also, more factions. Yeah, um, two major things pop out in my mind. Uh, they, uh, speaking of someone that they didn't uh, strike while the iron was hot, Braun Strowman. Yeah, uh, dude could easily been Universal Champion. Easily, easily. Um, and I don't think it's too late to get back there. 
Um, mm-hmm. You got to get him out of these celebrity feuds, and you got to get him in some real media feuds against real uh, opponents where he can uh, destroy things. Because that's what got him over initially. That feud against Roman that was great. Yeah. He was destroying things. Yep. You put him in that situation, he will get over again. People want a reason to like Braun. Mm-hmm, yeah. He checks all the boxes. He's huge. He's got a ton of personality. He, d- he does great in interview appearances, media appearances. Uh, he can be the face of your company, or at least one of the yeah. faces of your company. Absolutely. Build Braun back up. The other thing they got to do until it gets, before it gets stale, they got to stay on top of it, be proactive, not reactionary, is, is finding new ways to keep the fiend fresh mm-hmm. um i like what they're seemingly do with this feud with the miz this kind of stopgap feud with miz to prolong daniel bryan's storyline where it was what is going on over there sorry nothing where you don't have the fiend laying out the miz you have firefly funhouse bray yeah because you have that version of bray going after what's mo- most important to miz his family yeah um, and you have it in the packaging of a kid's TV host versus a horror movie villain. That's more interesting. There's more interesting stuff going on. We already saw, you know, like the, the, the feud between The Fiend and Seth, how, the, how his matches, The Fiend's how his matches are going to play out. Mm-hmm. And if you just do that continuously, it's going to get old. It's going to get stale. Yeah. They need to stay on top of that. He's like Bray's moving a ton of merch. He's still getting good reactions for the most part. Not what they were, but still good. Um, and if they keep the character fresh sky's the limit if they keep doing the same thing people get bored of it and they're gonna turn on it really fast the best bray we both said this the fiend is a horror movie villain and the best horror movie villains are unpredictable um and you'd never want your your bad guy to be unpredictable you got to keep it going you can't just expect the same thing to happen one thing that i really do like and i wish that they would keep on going and this is i'm positive it's mere coincidence but the writers have been able to run with it the idea that people are changed after the fiend and I love that. I love that so yeah. much. And I hope that they are able to grab onto that. And before they book their next feud with Bray, will probably be a Roman by the time Mania comes around. Yeah. Uh, by the time they do that, it's going to be, all right, we're going to put him in a program with so-and-so. What are our plans for that person when The Fiend is yes. done with them? And that's a must. What big change can go down there? Mm-hmm. Or even like a subtle change that people can still point to and say, Man, that's a battle scar. Yeah, you know exactly. Somebody who has to change up their game, their exactly. in-ring style. Exactly. Whatever. Something. Mm-hmm. Something. Exactly. Uh, next, got a question from Christopher Rampersad. Hello, Stephen Lawrence. So my question is: This Sunday for TLC, we're gonna have the women tag team champ in a TLC match. Now, I feel like Becky and Charlotte are just gonna bury Oscar and Kyrie soon. Do you believe that, or will this be like a competitive match? Oh, what was the point of having this match? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. So. Oh, I go first. Um, all right, we, we differ on the outcome of this match at TLC. I, I see it going one way, and uh, you seem to see it go another way. I have, I, have, I have a, whenever something pops up that I'm like, oh, God, please don't do that. I just get it in my head that it's, it's going to happen. happen. You set yourself up I for think disappointment. It, I think and it you're prepares myself, yeah. So... Uh, I think the point of this this tag title match at TLC is to accomplish uh, three things. First, you firmly establish Asuka and Kyrie as a force. We've seen them uh, 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 comport themselves uh, just fine in these handicap matches against uh, Charlotte and Becky the last two weeks. Um, you go, they go in this match, a TLC match, um, and it's hard fought, but they end up coming out ahead. Yeah. Over Charlotte and Becky, bang! You got some tag team champions firmly established as a dominant force. Whoever ends up taking the belts off them 
it's going to be a huge deal, assuming they actually follow through on that momentum. Yeah. That's been a major issue, especially in the women's tag division. Yeah. Um, next, you you got to build up. They're, they're kind of orbiting the story that Becky can't beat Asuka. And if you want that win to really mean something, it's gonna, it has to happen in a one-on-one match where Becky makes Asuka tap out. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to be the case in a TLC-type situation. So if Becky and Charlotte lose to Asuka and Kyrie, more fuel to Becky's fire, wanting to get a win on Asuka. It's got to be in a singles bout, though. Do you think that uh, is your prediction going to be uh, Becky and Charlotte lose here, which paves the way for Becky to redeem herself one year later at the Rumble against Asuka? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. All right. Um, and page, then buddy. the third thing to do is long-term looking towards Mania. If the plan is a four-horseman four-way match, there's going to be tension between Charlotte and Becky coming out of that match not winning. So I think those are the three purposes of this match. Um, and I hope it goes that way because I feel like that's the more interesting path because how many times have we seen two people just kind of put together as a tag team win titles and because they're forced to be partners, they got to deal with the interpersonal things between them and it always bubbles over. We've seen that so many times. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if Becky gets her win over Asuka in a situation like this, it's not going to be as impactful as she got it in a one-on-one situation at the Rumble. Yeah, I suppose you're, you're right about that. Uh, maybe that gives me a little bit of solace. Maybe I'll change my prediction on that one um, after having talked it out a little bit. Uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. Perhaps, I mean, look, everything is for horsewomen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still believe that there's a good chance they're going to main event Mania in a fatal four-way or at least have a high-profile match at Mania in a, in a fatal four-way where mm-hmm. we should main event. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I could see that. Uh, I mean, I was thinking that, you know, Becky and Charlotte are a big deal. Everything's revolving around them, basically. And that's another reason to put just a general reason to put the tag titles on them because then you can get conflict between two people who really don't like each other, but they're the tag champions. Yeah, we've seen that before. Um, it's sort of a tried and true formula. Mm. And that's why I could see Vince just going with it. Yes, that's a Because good point. he paints in broad strokes, not details. Um, oh, he also concentrates on moments and not storytelling. Yeah, yeah, which is a weird dichotomy. Um, so, uh, that being said, uh, what was the question? What's the point of the match? Yeah, everything we just said. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, I get that Becky and, and Charlotte lose. Then, I mean, Charlotte can still say to Becky, well, I beat Oscar at, at WrestleMania. And you yeah. have a, you, you didn't, you weren't able to do that last year. And yet, and we weren't, you weren't able to do that. Like, if Becky is the one that takes the, the loss, too, mm-hmm, yeah. then Charlotte could pin all the blame on Becky. Um, and, and Becky beats Oscar at the Rumble, and that even furthers the stuff between her and Charlotte. Exactly. And then that leads to Mania. Yep. Cool. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, 
You can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Next, Ron Armenta. Another question about the women's tag title match at TLC. Let's see what Ron has to say. Ron! Hey, Stephen Larson. This is Ron Armenta with a match chat question for Sefi, which is, how long do you think the Kabuki Warriors are going to keep their titles as the tag team champions? And I'm going to add something to that. Um... Do you think it's going to go, they're going to maintain them all the way to WrestleMania, or do you think they're going to drop the titles to Becky and Charlotte at TLC? If you would, fantasy book how that plays out all the way out to WrestleMania, and if they're going to drop them at TLC, um, book out how that's going to be used to break Becky and Charlotte up somewhere down the road. All right, thanks for everything you do. Uh, too sweet, hearty handshake, and too good, me brother. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. Uh, so after we discussed it in the previous questions, would you like to update your answer? How long will Oscar and Kyrie have them tag titles? If it's not Charlotte and Becky that takes it off them, it's going to be a long I know. time. I know. It's going to be a long time. Uh, I, I, I would guess that here's the thing, like anything that I say, assuming it's not Becky and Charlotte, anything I say will end up being... Like I, there, there is no plan in place. I would think. I don't think that they would figure if they if if it's not Charlotte and Becky, then they don't really figure too much into the into the into the horsewoman scene. They're just going to keep on dominating. I mean, you could say this about any number of teams. You could say they're going to have Alexa and Nikki back together really as a team. Uh, you know, trying to get those titles. Uh, you could say it could be Fire and Desire. Um, it could be a team coming from NXT. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. that. It'd be wise for them just to. We've heard we've heard that Vince doesn't really know what to do with the women tag titles, the women's tag titles, anyways. Uh, so I think that why not just keep them on them until somebody, another women, a women's tag team mm-hmm. is built mm-hmm. to that level, yeah, and then it could be a big, big deal. I fear though that Vince sometimes just likes change for the sake of change, yeah. and so we'd get Alexa and Nikki getting them back, or we'd get. Uh, you know, fire and desire mm-hmm. f- with no real reason. I mean, if the, if the Kabuki Warriors are able to get through Becky and Charlotte, they should be the Bruno of their generation for the tag titles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, the soonest that's going to happen, I feel like, is Mania. And again, that's only if they take the, the time to build up another team. Yeah. Um, th- that, can, that can challenge Asuka and Kyrie and, and make it believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then... Yeah, if they get through Becky and Charlotte, they're going to have those belts for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the second part of his question, uh, will a tag win for Becky and Charlotte lead to their breakup? No, I think a loss will lead to their breakup. A tag loss for Becky and Charlotte will lead No, he to- wants to know if a win would eventually lead to their breakup. And that was, you know, we talked about the previous question in that. We've oh, seen that countless times. a breakup times. of Becky and Charlotte? Yeah. I think it's going to be, if they don't, if they, yeah, if they don't win at TLC... I think if they win, I think either way it's going to lead to Obviously. them being even. They're, they're not together. No, this is a, 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 a arrangement made just for the sake of, of this one match. And if they want, I mean, my thing about them winning the tag titles is because everything revolves around the horsewomen. We see them at odds. What reason would there be for them to be in each other's sphere necessarily? I mean, besides they're on the same brand, there's that Raw Women's they title. They have a long history. And they have Beauty. a long history, but like. You know, the tag titles are one more thing to force them to interact. 
you know, maybe that's well, the, be the, the up the ante from last year. They have the women's match, a fatal four way with all the women's titles on the line. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's a possibility, you know. And yeah, we're walking out there with Becky four belts. Yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, that could happen. That could totally happen. Uh, next, the new Matt Chatter, and I apologize to get the name incorrect. I, I believe he said Costa de Calour. Uh, let's see what he has to say. Okay. Hey, Steven Larson. It is I, Costa de Calour, making my Matt Chat debut. I am fortunate enough to live in Chicago, Illinois, but I opted out of going to Survivor Series weekend in favor of just hitting up NXT and hitting up Dynamite the following Wednesday. And I was wondering, you know, if it were hypothetically possible for someone what would be the better uh option the better experience going to take over and an episode of dynamite or going to an AEW pay-per-view and an episode of nxt weekly thank you new matt chatter casa de colu yes thank you very much so you have a choice here takeover dynamite easy tv taping or AEW pay-per-view nxt tv so easy We've been fortunate enough to go to uh, some takeovers. I think just two. We've been to two takeovers, right? Uh, yeah. We've Orlando been to... and New York, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn. And then we've been to a couple of AEW shows. Yeah. Pay-per-views. And those all been a blast. Absolute oh, blast. Oh, man. Big time. So it comes down to would I rather go to an episode of Dynamite and TakeOver or NXT TV. I know uh, one of your bucket list items is go to full sale for a taping. Yeah. I'll just go first. I go guess. ahead. Here's the thing. Uh, takeovers are great. Yeah. But. They're the gold standard right now as far as wrestling shows. As far as wrestling shows, at least in America, they're the gold standard. However, uh, they are putting on takeover level matches uh, on NXT TV. Maybe not every week, but every month. Um, you every Almost every week, you get almost takeover level matches, like nearing the quality of takeover matches on their regular TV. And. I'm sorry, but that full sale crowd has basically turned into Church of NXT, and there is a uh, intimacy, a camaraderie there that I don't think can be matched by a takeover. Um, I think that's part of the entire experience. You've got 400 people packed in; they seemingly all know each other. Um, it just seems like more of an experience than going to because yeah, we've been to a couple takeovers, and they just feel like. Really, really good wrestling shows with a general audience and Wale. Um, when we were there, anyways. Uh, at Full Sail, being there live is part of the thing. It's part of the thing. So being at a Full Sail show, and on top of that, you take a look at some of those, some of the, the latest AEW Dynamite crowds, and yeah, they're really good crowds. They're really hyped to be there for AEW. But you see a lot more empty seats these days because nobody's going to sustain that momentum. Like nobody's going to fill 5,000 seat arenas every single week. Um, and so some of the enthusiasm I feel for the TV stuff has died down a little bit. But the pay-per-views, given that they're still only quarterly, those are still the hot ticket items. Those are still where you'll get the uh, Kenny Omega, uh, John Moxley death matches. That's where they're going to pull off all the bells and whistles uh, and so that's why you definitely go to NXT TV and uh, AEW pay-per-view. Yeah, it's hard to argue that, but I'll try to make the point of takeover. Let's say takeover is a gold standard. You know going to a takeover, you're not going to get a dud. You might get like a five-and-a-half-star match. Yeah, you're not going to get a dud. <laughs> yeah. And granted, yes, NXT TV has been enjoyable for the most part. Pretty darn good. And then you get the atmosphere of the full-sale crowd. Uh, uh, you get to go to, you know, if, if, if 
you're you're a regular. You go to dinner afterwards. Sometimes some NXT superstars show up there. Sometimes Triple H shows up too. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is quite the community they built up in Orlando around NXT, um, and that would probably be pretty cool to enjoy. Uh, however, takeovers they're still special. They're quarterly, more or less, as well. Gold standard. And yeah, it's hard to stay in the momentum of, 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 of what AEW has done with Dynamite. Uh, that being said, um, of all of the potential experiences listed here, that feels like the newest, the freshest, the most sure. unpredictable. I don't know what to expect walking in there. Mm-hmm. Like if I walk into Full Sail, I feel like I have a pretty good idea what I'm going to walk into. I'm mm-hmm. expect in terms of the, the atmosphere of the venue, uh, the temperament of the crowd, the show in front of me. I don't know if that's the case with Dynamite. So I'll take... The, the, the most surefire thing, which is a takeover, because, you know, that's going to be awesome. And the most unpredictable thing, because, you know, like, there's been really good episodes of Dynamite, and there's some that'd be like, all right, this is it's fine. Mm, it's yeah. not going to, you know, it's not going to, uh, uh, like, alt, you know, like, shake the ground underneath my feet. It's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so give me the most surefire great thing and the most unpredictable thing. Sure, why not? There you go. Why not? There you go. I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, next video question is from Rich. Rich! Rendo's Rich the Smash Bro here. In the holiday season, who do you think gives and gets the weirdest Christmas gifts? And try to keep the fiend out of it because, as we all know, he sucks. And, yeah. So, anyone else but him, who do you think gives the weirdest gifts? And then, who do you think also requests the weirdest gifts? Well, let me know. Thank you, Rich. Mm-hmm. All right, since you went first, I'll go first. So, uh, War Raiders. They're Vikings. Or yeah. they fashion themselves Vikings. Probably get you something cool. They could, or they could be, I don't know, like they can make their own stuff. And it's like, oh, cool. It's, you know, like this, it's, a, you know, and like how Vikings would have made it, you know, years past. They're like, oh, wow. It's, you know, like some carved pieces of wood and some arrangement. What is this? And they explain to you, and you're completely lost and baffled about what it is. Like a big hunk of animal meat. Yeah, they could, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You or know, some weird mead. Yeah. Have you ever had mead? No. It's not good. <laughs> I don't know what is it's honey wine. Oh, okay, all right. It's not. I didn't enjoy it. At least the, the meat I had wasn't good. <laughs> okay. So I mean, if like they, if they're really true, the Viking spirit, like they bring you some uh, lutefisk. You know what that is? No. Fish pickled in lye. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Don't want that. Mm-mm. I mean, I've had my fair share of Scandinavian uh, uh, food. Yeah. And that's one thing. That's that's the one thing. Mm-mm. Mm, that sounds like too much. You know what lye does when it hits your skin? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, the scene yeah. in Fight Club. Oh yeah. I it's know. hardcore stuff. Don't yeah. mess with it. Um, as far as the wrestler who probably gets the weirdest gifts, Velveteen Dream. He's a sexual being. Yeah. And he probably gets all sorts of, 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 of crazy sex stuff. Yeah. And I imagine at a certain point he has to be like, all right, enough already. Yeah. He's like, here's this. And you're like, what are you supposed to do with this? We'll put it in your butt. Okay. What's next? Here, what am I supposed to do is put it in your butt. Okay. Is there anything you're getting me on? I'm not supposed to put my butthole. <laughs> He's like, no, you can put it all at the same time. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you like my answer I just wrote down No way Jose No way Jose He'd get you like a weird party costume Like what the fuck am I gonna do with this And he's like I don't want to be dressed like a hot dog He's like Get get in a dance Come line with me Bro I'm not gonna do that Yeah There's a bunch of independent talent <laughs> I'm not a local wrestler uh-uh. I'm not I've seen what happens to those guys They get beat up Yep So yeah I don't know uh, Who uh, The Fiend no, he said he can't mention the fiend. Oh shit! Okay, that's the obvious answer, man. Oh god! Uh, Say Damien Priest. Damien Priest. People give him all sorts of vampire things. Here's stuff. a couple of VIP flyers. <laughs> no, no, like in terms of gifts that he's given, people give him all sorts of vampire stuff. Like, oh not, yeah, I'm actually not a vampire. I'm not actually a vampire. Why would you get me a wooden cross? <laughs> I know that's like supposed to hurt me. I know. Why right? Would you- 
Why would you give me these, these cloves of garlic? <laughs> I thought vampires like that. No, we hate no, them. No, we, we hate vampires. Hate no, yes, not me. Vampires. All right. Uh, text question time. First from Luis Ariza. He asks, so Shibata, Nakamura, and Tanahashi are, walk into a bar. are known as the three musketeers of New Japan due to oh. them debuting around the same time and being prominent figures. So who are the three musketeers of each era? Also, if Larson was a snake, what snake would he be? Dan was, is. No snake. What kind of snake would you be? Gardener snake. Really? Those are harmless. Exactly. Nah, man. Yours would be harmful. He'd be one of them damn... Uh, Mm-mm. Yeah, Mm-mm. a rattlesnake. Nope, that's you because you go. Uh, Anyways, who are your three musketeers of each era? Oh, they're pretty similar to yours. Yeah, they really are. I've got uh, Rock Austin and Mankind. I have Rock Austin and Triple H for the Attitude Era. Yeah, okay. Because they all kind of came in around the same time. I know Triple H was before the other two, I believe, but it was around mm-hmm. within like a year or so or yeah. two of each other, I think. Yeah. Uh, ruthless aggression. I've got Cena, Orton, and Lesnar. Same. I don't know. That's that's like you might make a case for Batista. Batista. Yeah. Maybe the only person you make a case for above the. They other They're all three. in what OVW together. Together, yeah. yeah. Uh, PG era. This is a bit more difficult. I've got Punk, Brian, and the Miz. I have Punk, Brian, because we agreed on that because they were like the first wave of of Ring of Honor guys. <laughs> you could say Cena's shift to PG. Cena. You could. You could. Because he was sort of what they. Based Built around, around yeah. yeah, but but as far as Brian and Punk, they were the first, really the first wave of indie guys to come in. Yeah, I couldn't think of another like indie guy. I couldn't either, so I said AJ Lee okay. because I think she was at the forefront of what would eventually become the Divas Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she came in and 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 you know, in terms of actual wrestling acumen, yeah. Um, you know, she was doing a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now. Yeah, true. You know, years before. You know, like, like what, a year or two before Paige came up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eventually the Four Horsewomen and, and everybody else. Yeah. As far as modern era, you have the shield. You have the whole shield. I've here. got the shield there, man. I've got Seth Rollins because the entire company was basically built around those three guys. They're all former world champions. Uh, two of them are former universal champions. One guy isn't even there anymore. Um, but, I mean, boy, oh, boy, it was obvious that when they came in, it was like, okay, these are the, this is the future right here. Yeah. As a tag team, as you know, separate guys, they were all pushed to the moon. Uh, for my modern trio, I have Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, uh, Seth Rollins, the men that kind of really established NXT, yeah. different iterations of NXT, and also the second wave of indie wrestlers coming to WWE, and they were the wave that really, I think, uh, pushed WWE in terms of the in-ring action way more in that direction. I think, no, I think it's totally normal for like there to be an additional category for NXT, and that would be those guys. Um. So yeah, it would be uh, Owens. Well, you take Rollins out, you can put Owens, Balor, and Nakamura. Yeah, that's who I originally had actually. Yeah. And if 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 Nakamura had achieved the same level of success on main roster at NXT, I might have kept them in there. Yeah. Um. But but you can't. I mean, you can't go without Rollins in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rollins is such a big deal. Obviously. Uh, next, Jeremiah Price asks us to rank our five favorite WrestleManias. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to? Uh, we can go one. All right, trade. go ahead. Okay, right. my first one is the one we were at, 31. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. boy, what a that was such a fun time. Mm-hmm. It was like two weeks or no. That was like, a, what, two months after we got laid off. I wasn't even going to go. I really like, twist your arm. I'm on like tight money spending. Whenever it's something like that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm locking down. And I was like, this. I know oh, we I'm just got go. laid off, but here's an opportunity for us to let off some steam. It's been stressful. Yeah, I don't need let's, more stress by going go, to something. No, let's go and have fun. It's you, me, and Hilton. All right, well, I went. We had I fun. It was a blast. Thing, and it's my favorite WrestleMania. All right, my favorite is probably WrestleMania 30. 
Okay. Had a b- bunch of awesome matches, some shocking moments. Um, Daniel Bryan finished the show with both titles. It was great. Yeah, no, that's great. That's my number three pick. My number two pick is WrestleMania 18. Because of Rock Hogan, right? Because, man, Rock Hogan was crazy. And it had, like, other cool matches, too. It had, like, Austin and the NWO. It was a really weird pay-per-view. It was a weird pay Like, technically, I'm not sure it was even that great of a pay-per-view. But, man, it had a lot of weird stuff going on. And I'm a big fan of weird stuff. You do like weird. Uh, my second favorite is WrestleMania 17. Mm, mm, uh, I think it's one. one that's generally regarded as one of, if not the best sure. WrestleManias. It's a quality yeah. show. I'm going to go next with uh, WrestleMania 30. You've already mm-hmm. mentioned that. And uh, for my third one is WrestleMania 31. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, my next one is WrestleMania 19. It's my way, my way, oh, or the just highway. Video package, huh? Just for the video package. Okay. Well, my fourth one is WrestleMania 28, and that's just for the end of the era match. That's a terrific match. It's a fantastic. Probably match. the best WrestleMania match of all time. Could be. And then my last one is 14 uh, because that was the first WrestleMania that I saw as a wrestling fan. Um, was WrestleMania 14? It was the start of the Stone Cold era. Mm-hmm. Um, not a great pay per view by any stretch, but it was definitely sort of the first definitive Attitude Era pay-per-view. What main evented 13? Uh, Sid versus Undertaker. Yeah. Mm, That's where Sid uh, may have pooped his pants. (laughs) Yeah. And granted, that did have Bret Hart versus Stone Cold, but I feel like 14, that was the first mania really Mm -hmm. of the Attitude Era. Yeah. Uh, My final one is WrestleMania 1. It's the first WrestleMania I saw. Again, not the best show. It's a weird mania. It's it a is. weird show. It is a weird show. Um, but I rented that videotape all the time. That's awesome. All the time back in the day. Um, it's one of the things that really, one of the shows that really, 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 really got me into wrestling. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not the best show, but it's it's got a, a place in my heart nonetheless. It's just it's just it's just early. It's it's crazy to see what big scope me meant to back then during know. you know during that era in nineteen eighty five. I know. Yeah. Uh, one last text question from the Hadley Doodley champ. He says, this week's, this week's question come from Steve here doesn't like Henry and Austin 60 scra- Scrabble champ. I don't know what any of this stuff means. That's this a long, weird discord two stuff. name or one name? I don't know. Pitch a film that is a kayfabe telling of the life, life of the shock master. How was his childhood? What was his first job? Where did he train? And where do you get a bedazzled stormtrooper helmet? I feel like it was a kid who didn't really even know how to talk until he was like five. But then when he, he discovered his voice, it was immediately uh, Ole Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But right. like, you know, pitch down, like, talking more like this, you mm-hmm. know. Or maybe, what if it's more like, uh, what if it's like the childhood of like Orson Welles? Orson Welles has said that, you know, everybody said that he was, from the moment he could remember, everybody said that he was like the most gifted child. Yeah, he was a prodigy, essentially. He was a prodigy, yeah. exactly. And all that led to the moment where the Shockmaster was going to make his debut. He's going to be a wrestling god. Yeah. And then somebody put a two by four and at he couldn't the base, see it. And he couldn't see it. And he falls. And then just like Orson Welles in his real career, you know, he never Shockmaster never got a Citizen Kane uh, because he fell, mm-hmm. and so he just drifted off into obscurity. Yeah. Orson Welles kind of similarly, you know, he made Citizen Kane. It was a big deal, but the big rich guy Hearst shut him down basically. And yeah, he made a lot of great movies, but never really within the studio system where he no. could have maybe thrived instead of having to, you know, sell uh, fish sticks to get money and to frozen scrap peas. together money. And frozen peas. And, and yelling at directors on sets. Yeah. Um, what was the line from Wrath of Khan where uh, uh, Spock says he's obviously brilliant, but... The two-dimensional yes. thinking? He lacks two... Di- three, he lacks... 
three-dimensional thinking? Something like that. Suffers from one-dimensional thinking? Two-dimensional thinking, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's the thing with, with Child Prodigy Shockmaster. Okay, um, sure, yeah. Like, there's one thing. Like, he can do incredible things from a young age. However, there's, just, there's that one weakness that he, uh, over time, despite his great accomplishments, despite all he does, he can never just... He, he just never really overcomes... He is intelligent, but not experienced. His pattern indicates two-dimensional thing. I'm going to watch that when I get home. That's such a great movie. Um, and so whatever that is in terms of related to looking down or looking at what's... Maybe the problem is that he looks too far into the, the future. <laughs> he looks ahead too far yeah. instead of looking right in terms in of, of what's right in front of him. Or and that's, feet. that's always his weakness. Yeah. You know, like he, he accomplishes a lot. He does a lot of great things from a young age. However, when he, his focus is too far ahead... You know, he's too much of a visionary, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's standing behind that wall, about to break through Kool Aid Man style. And he's thinking to myself, oh, lights, money, mm-hmm. riches, fame, success. He's like, and he gets his cue. All right, what does he not do? Does not look right in front of him. Yeah, and look what happens. Yeah, it's his undoing. Yep. It's a tragedy, is what it is. <laughs> and everybody's laughing at him. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You have Ole Anderson, who's the voice I'm trying not to laugh about. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Oh God, that's so good. That is so good. Anyways, what a great oh the stormtrooper helmet. That's got to be something like that's got. This got to be his rose. His rosebud. That's his rosebud. That's his yeah. rosebud. Yeah, that's the manifestation of of his innocence. Uh huh. That he that he didn't get to truly experience because he was child prodigy. Yeah, but wasn't Star Wars like maybe ten years old by that time? Wasn't even that. It was like six years. It was like ninety two. When the shock was it 92? Yeah, it was the early 90s when the shock master oh, thing happened. Oh, you're right. That's right. So it was 15 years. Oh, my God. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. You're right. There you go. Shockmaster. There you go. Anyways, thanks, everybody, for your Matt Chat questions. You can participate in Matt Chat as well at the $20 mark on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Thanks for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Join us for TLC. Hit the like button. You got to hit that like hit button. Hit that like button. Hit that like button. Hit that like button. An odd number of times, and also uh, subscribe, notify bell, all notifications, please. And thank you. We'll see you later on for TLC. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.